gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of PNC Professional Wrestling Podcast. I am the ghastly Cormac. He is my associate, Ben Pierce, though I'm secretly concocting a potion to administer to him. So we'll see. We'll, 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 we'll see if it works. What would you turn me into is my question. Oh, because I, I might end up being a frog. I don't know. Uh, well, at least come up with something more original than that. I, I mean, said, uh, I said, I don't know. I don't know what these how these potions are going to turn out. It might end up violent. Well, at least turning into something cool. I mean, Jesus Christ, you know, so something cool. You want to be something cool? Yeah, <laughs> of, of, of all the, you know, of all the horror related things, at least not a frog. That's lame as fuck. I mean, come on. Um, I'll turn you into, into a chameleon, then you can blend in. Very good. I like that. I like that, I like that better than a frog. Very good. Uh, so, uh, how's it going? How was your week? Very good, man. I uh, I actually had a, a very good week. I um, and you'd be, you'd be proud of me. I um, I oh. did all of my homework in in relation to the podcast. And hold on, hold on. Yes, golf club. I appreciate it. Um, and then I, I also, um, I watched uh, Back to the Future. Oh, no, damn. Which one? The original? Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, it was completely dope. So I'm definitely hold on, ready. Hold on, hold on. Do you have the DVDs or the, or did you was on TV? It was on, uh, it was on Netflix. I found it. Oh, right on. I love that movie. That, I always say that's that's the best trilogy in the history of cinema. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm actually interested in, in seeing Back to the Future 2 because I don't think I ever saw that one. Oh, okay. That's even better than part one. Part two deals completely with future. I'm going to share a little story here before we, uh, before we get on with the show. When I was like, okay, I was like... 15 years old, it was 1989 when Back to Future 2 came out. And yeah. uh, Rice Krispies was running this contest where they asked the kids to draw their idea of what 2050 would look like and you send it in. And I think you yeah. win like tickets to go see the, the premiere showing of the movie. Yeah. Although I got mine in a little late, otherwise I could, I would have uh, won tickets to actually go and watch the movie in theaters. But I love part two. Part two is so fun. Yeah, so I'm I'm very interested to see that. So the ne- the next time I go uh, hang out with my brother, I'm gonna we're gonna sit down and watch that one. And when you watch that one, I want to know what you think, and then uh, you have to move on to part three. No, no. It is is part three any good? Because you, you know how sequels go in Hollywood. Some people don't like it. I thought it was fine. I it, do you, you you like like westerns? Are you down yeah. with western? Okay, it's yeah. it's set in the old west and in, in like eighteen eighty five. So like it's set like a hundred years in the past. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, yeah, I th- I think you'll like. It. I mean, I liked it. It was it was fine. Cool. Yeah. So I will definitely be very familiar with the inner workings of the DeLorean by the end of it, for sure. And I'm a happy camper because today I saw that the trailer 
for Cobra Kai season three comes out on January eighth, two thousand twenty-one. Yeah, I want. I actually want to get into that on Netflix. You haven't seen I, any of it. I know I have not. Oh yes, you got time to catch up on season one and two before season three comes out. Okay, very good. And they're already doing the season four. <laughs> <laughs> because that, season, awesome. season three has already been filmed, so they're already starting on season four. Oh, yeah, and, and all the releases are uh, delayed because of COVID. Yep. So, all right, we're going to get into the show. Absolutely. All right, we're going to start off with, well, before we do that, do we have any news? Uh, not that I, not that I saw. Um. Now, the only the only thing that was kind of interesting and it's kind of a continuation. Um, apparently now the WWE is doubling down on their decision to seize control of of all of all of their talents like social media and like Twitch channels why, and why, shit. Why, what's wrong with you know? I have never seen a company being run as poorly as WWE. I I really um you know I mean I, on one hand I I get it if if the talent was using the WWE name even though I still wouldn't do it but then I would understand it if but if um if they're just using their own names then my reaction is well you have no right to that money but these these people are these people like WWE even wants to own uh, like these these uh, wrestling superstars' real name. Like, how are you gonna own a name that you were born with? Well, and, and I've heard I've heard reports that that's not true. I've, I mean, I've heard oh. both. So. Um, oh okay. I'm just uh, I'm just going off of uh, what they were reporting uh, a couple of weeks back about when all this started with like wanting to own. Uh, uh, owning the legal names. Yeah, well, I heard that too, but I've also heard that that's not true. But it is true that that um, they're moving to seize all of social media accounts and like gaming accounts and stuff. And I, I, I mean, I still think that's bullshit. So and, you know, and, and, and you know what really bothers me? What? Okay, now you know on Star Trek, you have that teleporter, which is so cool. Where you like the crew can like dissolve and uh, travel to any uh, any uh, the, anywhere they want. Yes. Yes. Now my now my co-host on the other show was asked, "Tell me how that works." So, do you know how this works, though? Um. What the teleporter? No. Okay. So he was telling me that when you go when you're standing on the teleporter. And you dissolve, you turn into into a million billion little molecules. And so, whenever wherever you end up, that might not be the the original you. That might be another version of you. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. Okay. okay. And this is what bothers me about WWE because every Monday night, I don't know which version we're getting of the show because they love to, they love somehow, for some reason they love to rewrite the show like one minute before it goes on the air or even during the show. 
Yeah, well, that and and you know, I've heard that myself, and obviously, there's been tons of reports of, of that over the last a few months. Like that just and, bothers me. It's like, how do we know what version of the show we're really getting? From well, and, and and honestly, like, it's not just the fans. I mean, obviously, we see it, but like, um. You know, if the talent doesn't even know what they're doing, then what the fuck? Yeah, like they find out at like 5 p.m. that afternoon. It's like they don't even start writing till like 2 p.m. It's like, what What are you doing all day? Like, like what do you, and, and, my, and my thing is, you know, it's, it's like they're playing with people's careers. Yeah, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. You know, and, and that's kind of, Ridiculous, but then, then like on the other side of it, right? So the amount of money that these people are getting paid in, in a lot of cases just to like sit in the back and do nothing but twiddle their thumbs, you know? Yeah, like if that was me, like I wouldn't be fulfilled creatively and I would probably hate it, but at the, at the same time, if WWE wants to be that stupid and pay me millions of dollars to do nothing, or even you know even several hundred thousand dollars to do nothing, then you know, especially in the middle of a pandemic, then fuck yeah, I'm gonna take the money. But, but don't let Vince uh, catch you watching movies. Remember what happened? To, I don't know if you know this story about what happened to Jericho on the plane. I didn't hear that one. What happened? Okay. Uh, yeah. Apparently, he he was uh, laying, He was just gonna lay back, relax, and unwind and watch a movie. Yeah. And Vince is like, "Why are you watching that? Why aren't you watching wrestling?" <laughs> oh God. <laughs> you you don't and Vince, you don't even watch wrestling outside your own company. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> right. Uh, this guy, oh, he just, oh, he makes me nervous. I can't, uh, okay, let's just move on. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Let's so, move on to the actual show. So on with the show, and we're going to start with Monday Night Raw. Start off with Drew McIntyre, uh, actually the legends of Big Show, Shawn Michaels, Christian, and Ric Flair are in the ring, and they introduce Drew McIntyre. Now I have a question: Is it just me, or does Big Show look like King Kong Bundy without the beard? Uh, yeah, he he kind of does. Oh my was... god! What in the world? <laughs> yeah, I caught that myself. That was kind of funny. So Drew McIntyre comes out and like he's still the champion, obviously. Um, then they're interrupted by Randy Orton, and he delivers a message to uh, Drew. So apparently, I believe they're gonna have a rematch at Hell in the Cell inside the cell. Yeah, is that, is, that, know, is that right? Is that my understanding? Well, and that was my understanding as well. Okay. I don't know if they official. I don't know if they officially announced that stipulation, 
Um, but that was that was my the implicit understanding. Yes. All right. So our first match is a rematch from Clash of Champions. Oscar We're, defeating. Sorry. Okay, first, first of all, before you go any further, let's just be honest. This wasn't just one rematch. This was an evening full of rematches. I mean, for fuck's sake. No, I know. I'm saying this is uh, the start. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, I mean, ladies and gentlemen, you'll notice a theme if you didn't watch a show. Which is, uh, which I don't blame you if you didn't, but uh, you know, you, you'll definitely n- notice the rematch theme as we keep going along here. Go ahead. All right, so we have Oscar defeating Selena Vega with the Oscar Rock to retain her Raw <sighs> Women's Championship. Okay, and, and if, if I could just offer a comment, I know this is your section, but this is what was driving me absolutely insane. Oh, go on. I'm, I, I'm, ready. I'm running the matches, and then I, I just want to know what your thoughts. Go on. Uh, so, so I kind of like the fact that they're trying to get some new blood in there with Selena, because obviously the women's division is, they kind of play favorites, and, you know, if it's if it's not one of their top people that they're, they're not really interested. We, we kind of know that. So when, uh, when Selena broke away from Andrade and Angel Garza, I didn't really like that for the sake of Andrade because I don't think he's going to go anywhere without her based on the fact that she can't speak or he can't speak English. But having said that, I was kind of, I was kind of interested because we haven't really seen Selena as a uh, as a wrestler since her time in uh, TNA, so I was kind of interested. Now, when she actually got in the ring with Asuka at Clash of Champions and then again on Monday Night Raw, I was kind of like, I don't know if this is going to work. You know, because it, it, it's not necessarily that um, Selena was bad. You know, she hit all of her spots, and I didn't really see her mess up or anything, but it, it just seemed like the match had to be dialed back a few notches in terms of pace because it seemed to me like Asuka was playing to Selena's pace and not not the other way around. And in my opinion, that brought Asuka down a notch, which I didn't like. Um, you know, and the fact that and the fact that we that we have multiple examples of having the same matches from from Clash of Champions happen again on Monday Night Raw. To me, you know, yeah, it might make it might make sense, but that doesn't mean that it should happen because we already saw these these matches, you know, less than twenty four hours ago, and we're doing it again. Like that's just to me, that's just. Um, that's not that's not compelling television. I don't want to see the the same things over and over again, and and that's my problem, you know. Because you know, obviously, we're kind of critical of the main roster product on this show, but you know, there, there's a reason for it, and the reason for it is, you know, if you can't write compelling television. Then you gotta make you gotta make some changes and you gotta make some effort. And the WWE Thunderdome 
even though it's a cool visual presentation, I don't really give a fuck about visuals if if the storyline and, and all of that isn't on par. So I would I would much rather have a dynamic show in terms of in terms of writing than all the bells and whistles, you know. And and to me, that's all the WWE Thunderdome is is bells and whistles. I don't really give a fuck. So that's just my take. But continue. Okay, and then, <clears throat> then uh, Andrade comes out to the ring and he says how. Like Selena was on the thing without him, and like he's a star, and Angel Garza was the weak link of their team. Which do you think Angel Garza does it look like Angel Garza is coming back as a face? Uh, yeah, well, that, well, that's what I would do. Okay, so that brings leads into our next match. We have Keith Lee defeating Andrade. Why is Keith Lee in the ring with Andrade? I don't. I don't get what they're doing with this guy. I, I have a question. What is with his music? First of all, his music is terrible. And second of all, what's with his ring gear? <laughs> it's just because I honestly, I honestly think that um, you know, upper management still views NXT as a third brand. So it's like when when they when they in their minds come up to Monday Night Raw, um, you know it has to be a little bit different and it has to and it has to have that that main roster feel. Now, um, to to me, I'm the guy where if something works um, in NXT and somebody has already built. Um, like a character and something compelling and you know in Keith Lee's case um, you know the music and the ring gear you know that all worked for him in NXT so why couldn't it work for him um, on Raw and, and to me and who, cares, uh, and who cares if it's CFO music well, is music well and the, the thing is they they keep saying that that's an issue because CFO is not involved anymore. Well, if his music was such an issue, then why was he allowed to use it two days beforehand? So, now, so, so, so let's see. If Pink Floyd's no longer around, I shouldn't be listening to their music anymore. And, well, that's the that's apparently the theory that, um, that is so WWE stupid. is using, which yeah, that is so stupid. Ah. Uh, this company. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> Moving but on. Yeah. Oh, go on. But yeah, I mean, Keith Lee just feels completely different. He sounds completely different in the way he cuts promos. And, you know, so salutations. <laughs> yes, and 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 to, don't, and to don't me, do that. to me, it's like, oh God, please don't do that. He, you sound, you sound like a butler. <laughs> it's just not, it's just not good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That brings us to all oh, this segment. Oh my god. Seth Rollins comes out to the ring and apparently he has something to reveal and he pulls up on the big screen texts between Aliyah and Murphy. Okay. Uh, and this uh, this situation is so nauseating. Okay. Now, now I, I get it. She's nineteen. She's an adult. Okay, but like Murphy is my age. He's thirty-two. 
And in, in, in my world, you know, I'm not going to be messing with a 19-year-old. I don't really care what the situation is. I'm not going to be doing it. So to, to me, even though, even though there's nothing, you know, there's nothing legally wrong with it because they're two adults, to me, it still, it still reeks of being creepy. Mm-hmm. And I'm not really interested in it. And there's another reason beyond that that I'm not interested. And this is, this is the larger reason. And um, Ray kind of said it. And it's kind of playing into the storyline. Um, Aaliyah, you know, yeah, she's a, she's a beautiful girl and, and, and I take nothing, I take nothing away from her. She's really not, she's really not familiar, um, you know, with WWE as far as I know, um, outside of her dad. Well, she, she doesn't, she doesn't want to be a wrestler. She wants to be an actress. This isn't the way to start. But, but it's just. Okay, but then this is terrible acting. Yeah, and, you know it's just so I'm not blaming Aaliyah because you know no. I'm, I'm not not at all. But I'm I'm just I'm kind of confused as to why she's being used in this capacity. And how about that slap to Dominic? <laughs> like why would you slap? You know it it just doesn't make any sense. And this to me this storyline should have ended at payback. Yes, like that should be that should have been it, um, and it's it's just it's ridiculous, and so now, now what's becoming obvious to me is instead of having Dominic join the uh, join the Messiah and his ministry, um, they're gonna have Aaliyah do it, and I'm I'm not really interested in having Aaliyah in. The ministry because she's not a wrestler. So what the hell? What's that's, the a, that's a that's a terrible idea. But at least they're not uh, kidnapping her and tying her to a crucifix and uh, forcing her to marry Seth in a dark uh, wedding or whatever. Uh, well, it's just you know, I, I I give Seth Rollins credit. This is the best version of him I've seen in a long time. You know, the work that he's doing and the work that he's been able to do with Dominic, you know, I give them both credit. Dominic has looked amazing. Um, it's just, you know, we've seen this Who's the Father storyline 15 years ago. I don't need to see a Mari episode 15 years later. It's just not going to. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> what what's next? Are they gonna have Ray take a lie detector test and say, oh, and Seth comes on the air and goes, the lie detector has determined that was a lie. I mean, what the fuck? Bori or Jobs in Jeopardy are being replaced as a host. Well well, it's a bit it's about time that Marty went off the air. I mean, this is gonna be the Ben Pierce show coming out. It's well, no, because I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a loser that wants to host <laughs> that kind of show. But with street urchins as as guests on, on my TV, uh, it's, no, it, it, it's ridiculous. That, that show just like, kills me. And we're like, uh, I don't even watch it. Like, but it's just hilarious when I'm flipping through the channels and it's on. I'm like, oh my 
God, I got to change. <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, next, we have a tag team match. Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke defeating Lana and Natalia. Okay, please, somebody explain to me what the hell is going on. And honestly, that's a rhetorical question because I know what's going on. <laughs> They're, they're burying Lana because Rusev buried them and is now on AEW. I get it. They're, they're petty bitches as far as I'm concerned in, in this scenario. You don't need to do that. And, and, and even, if, even if Rusev wasn't involved, which I think that this is the reason why uh, Lana was put through a table two weeks in a row, uh, which is very obvious, um, you know, I'm not interested in Alana Natalia partnership at all because Lana, you know, I'm sure she, I mean, she could be the nicest person in the world. And we've heard over and over again that Natalia is, is a very nice person. She helps people out, but I'm not going after them personally at all. They could be, they could be the coolest people in the world. And I would, I would have a very fascinating conversation with them. It's your character that me that that, but that is, they're making her character stupid. But this is just nauseating, and and if I'm if I'm Natalia specifically, I'm like, okay, stop this. I'm a I'm a fucking night heart. I've proven time and time again that I can be an asset to this division, and she has absolutely. So why the fuck is she? You know. Why the fuck is she being subjected to this bullshit? Okay, and our next match, we have Kevin Owens defeating Aleister Black. I don't care. (laughs) Neither do I. And that breaks my heart because Kevin Owens and Aleister Black are two of my favorites, especially Aleister Black. and then, and then they they changed Alistair Black's theme music into something oh, I know. completely I know. fucking stupid. What? His, me, his music is terrible. Oh, oh God! Did you uh, the the video is up on YouTube? I don't know if you did. You see it? I don't care. <laughs> no, I'm saying, did you see it? It's disgusting. Oh. No. I mean, oh, his his. His old theme was one of the coolest I've ever heard. Period. Right. Um, you know, it made it. It made him unique. It made. I mean, this, this is a guy. I mean, we were we were talking when he came up. He could be a future WWE champion. You know, he could be this. He could be that. You know, and, and now they're subjecting him to a one-eyed fucking pirate. I mean, what the? We we already saw that um, in 1995. <sighs> Exactly. We don't need, you know, I mean, what the fuck? I, I don't, I don't understand it. I then, mean, my my oh. head spins watching this show on a daily basis. Then I, the stupidity continues. Will this never end? Our truth defeating Drew Gulak and Akira Tozawa. I don't care. Um, nope. Nope. I, I, I can't remember if I changed the channel, but either way, I was in the middle of a, of a piss break. <laughs> oh, that's too much information, fans. I apologize for my hopes. 
it's not too much information because it illustrates how fucking terrible this show is. But you could have said bathroom break. <laughs> okay, moving on. Moving on, uh, the match that we talked about a few minutes ago. Murphy defeating Dominic Mysterio. I just, I couldn't care less at this point. Then we get the Hurt Business defeating Ricochet and Mustafa Ali. Uh, well, I mean, you know, okay. So there's two sides to that. One is I really like the Hurt Business. Uh, two, um, I have a little bit of a problem with Mustafa coming out of hiding only to lose again. Mm-hmm. I mean, if... If if I'm Mustafa Ali, the second my contract expires, I am on the express lane out of out of Connecticut, out of Orlando. I'm I'm just I'm complete. I'm I'm putting myself as far away from WWE or anything WWE touches as far as I can go because it's just. This is not working for him. He's entirely too talented for this bullshit. And in the main event, it was Drew. It was uh, Drew McIntyre's open challenge, and this was answered by a returning Bobby Roode. <sighs> well, Robert at least, Roode. At least they didn't change his music. Oh, he still has the glorious theme. Yeah, but I mean, it was so obvious he was gonna lose. I mean, why? Why give, have give him... it? Give it? Give it time. They'll change it. Fuck, it's what they do. You know, I have no faith in WWE, and it, it certainly, it certainly didn't make make Robert Roode seem important, which is which is a disservice to him because he's fucking great. All right, fans. Uh, that is our review of Monday Night Raw, and now we I'm gonna turn it over to my co-host for his review of AEW Dynamite. Ben. Okay. So- Cause I'm TNT. I'm Dynamite. transitional show ladies and gentlemen because clearly they were they were setting up the next series of storylines going into uh uh going into full gear and um and and you know this week's show this coming wednesday is obviously going to be a big one because it's it is their one year anniversary show so this show is used to set up next week and going into full gear. So I really enjoyed this one. And I'm going to give you my highlights and lowlights for the purpose of moving this show along. All right. Um, <clears throat> and uh, right, off, right off the bat, we start off the show with a highlight. Ricky Sarge versus Darby Allen. Um, both of these guys, I just I see money all over them, uh, especially especially Ricky Starks. Oh my God, the guy's good. But but 
every single bit of that, so is Darby Allen. So the the combination was just fantastic. Okay. Um, you know, and uh, I love I love the fact that they had the attempted interruption by Brian Cage, but then Hobbs came out to to stop him. Um, if you if you'll remember correctly, um, uh, all of these guys were supposed to be involved in a six man tag match, um, but yeah. that uh, that got messed up because of uh, Lance Archer uh, being diagnosed with with COVID. Um, so that that match kind of got delayed, which is why we're which is why we're seeing these interruptions and. And all of that. I actually kind of want to see what Hobbs can do in the ring because I've uh, I've heard good things about him, but I've never seen him in the ring. So I'm kind of uh, interested. But getting get, but I like this interruption because it didn't allow uh, Brian Cage to interrupt this match. So I like how I like how they did that because it you know it it holds over the the feud, but still. But still, the match to flow and and do its thing, and and this match was uh, fantastic. Um, and I'll tell you what the uh, the spear that um, that Starks hit on Darby off of a off of a springboard. I mean, the way that he caught Darby out of out of that springboard was just absolutely ridiculous. And I, I would have, I would have ended the match right there. However, it, it should be noted that my pick to win this match was Darby Allen, so I wasn't surprised that he won because uh, I felt like he needed one. Because I, I think, I think Ricky Starks is the one going over in in this feud in the long run, and I, I have no problem with that whatsoever. So, uh, an absolute, absolute barn burner to uh, open the show, and then, um, and then we we get a uh, Cody um, promo, which which honestly, I just I, I don't know how I feel about this um, darker version of Cody. Um, I just don't know if I buy into it, so that might have to that might have to be a low light. I'll come back and revisit that possibility in a, in a minute. Um, but the the high points continue uh, with FTR versus SCU. Anything anything FTR touches is just fucking fantastic. I mean this. To me, this is what tag team wrestling should be. To me, they are so much better than the Young Bucks. It's not. It's not even funny. You know, and 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 my my biggest problem with the Young Bucks, Elio, and I don't I don't know if you feel the same way. Um, you know, yes, they are very good at their style of wrestling. Uh, but the fact that, in my opinion, they don't sell anything, um, just takes me out of their matches, uh, by and large. With with the glaring exception being their their performance uh, last year at all at um, Full Gear, because I thought that was a 
that was a fantastic match as well. What were they? What are they doing? Are they going around or going around super kicking everyone? Well, it's stupid, but I, I made a mistake. I made a mistake. The the match I was thinking about was wasn't at, at full gear. It was at uh, Revolution. Retribu- uh, yeah, not, Revolution. Not Retribution. This isn't Raw. <laughs> no, 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 I no, I no, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna say retribution. I, I, I said uh, revolution. Uh-huh. I, I, I heard you. You corrected before you went on. I heard it. Well, guilty, but I, I meant to say, uh, <laughs> I, I meant to say revolution. I, I had retribution on the brain, which is just terrible. Um, but yeah, but um, this was this was absolutely fantastic, and I loved it. Um, and and to to your point, uh, later on uh, later on in this, actually I think it was before this match. Let me go uh, check the timeline. Uh, yeah. So, so to your to your point, it was before this match where Tony Schiavone got super kicked by the Young Bucks. I just don't get it. <laughs> and, and I and and I'm with you on this one. I it, it's um. The heel young bucks are not working for me. Um, so we'll see where that goes. Um, I would like to see more of their heel run in the ring. I don't really see what the point is with super kicking announcers. Yep. Um, but that's just me. So, um, but yeah, the FTR match was fucking fantastic. I mean, I, I could watch I could watch FTR all day long, and and S and SCU is tremendously underrated in this tag team division, given given the stacked um, uh, roster that they have. But don't oh, oh, oh. but don't but don't get it twisted because Frankie Kazarian and uh, Scorpio Sky and and um, Christopher Daniels are are fucking fantastic. Now, hold on. Now. Actually, we'll, we'll start this next week because we're like too late into the show. But because um, I said I usually like to see how our review matches up with the uh, the bleacher grades, so we can start that next week. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, and then uh, let's see. Oh, no, I, I'm not going to put Orange Cassie in my house. Uh, the low light was um, Britt Baker versus Red Velvet. Um, and I what, did, a, what, I did, a bad, what a bad match. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was, it was just terrible. Um, and I mean, I'm even going to go as far as to put the main event as a, as a low light. Um because to me, that that pairing, especially in a world championship match, was just very weird. Um, the Butcher versus John Moxley. That was. Um, I, I didn't know where they were going. I I thought Eddie Kingston should have gotten that uh, match. I don't well, know why. Well, I don't know why he picked someone else to replace. Well, because if if you if you remember. Um, you know, Eddie was involved in a uh, in a uh, TNT title opportunity, um, but or or no, well, did, did he, he, uh, no, 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 yeah, no, 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 no,
No, he had a match against John Moxley, but I still think he should have had this uh, rematch. He shouldn't have given it away to like Butcher. Um. Yeah. So that was me getting confused because um they they put they put him in there against um against Moxley because they they uh, they messed up with the with the battle royal and he never got eliminated. So that's why he was originally. Uh, in the ring with Moxley a few weeks ago, but yeah, I, to your point, I think um, I think uh, it should have gone to Kingston because to me that's the that's the money match. It's not with the butcher, so um, you know. And once once again, the site that I'm using um, uh, rate rate this show incredibly too high, um, but uh, but that being said, I think. I think it did a very, very good job of setting up the festivities for next week, so I'm not going to complain too much. Uh, but before we go anywhere, can I just say once again, I think they're making the effort to, um, so I don't want, I don't want to completely bury them, but um, this this women's division is just not good. Good lord! No, it could be Ugh. better. It could be better, uh, but uh, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, and I, and I like, uh, I like um, the women they have, but they just need to get better. Yeah, I one hundred percent agree. Like, I like that they signed Serena D, but I like seeing Thunder Rosa in the ring. Um, well, I even, I even like Britt Baker. I don't like Red Velvet. Um, I don't know. There's something about uh, her. No, but then again, she might be a youngster, so I, I don't know. Um, I do like, I'm a big fan of Anna J. Yeah, well, yeah, we both are. Is that it or is there anything else? No, that's it. And let's shift it over to you for NXT. This was this was actually uh, not a bad show. I so what we start off with Shotzi Blackheart defeating Dakota Kai. Now I gotta say I'm a huge fan of Shotzi Blackheart. Uh, yes, so I, I follow her on Instagram, especially uh, with uh, this being October. She's doing this thing where every day she watches a new horror movie. So I'm like following her. I see, I watch all of her like Instagrams to see like what movie she's watching on, this, on like that certain day. Like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she, she seems she seems cool. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, you know, I, I might have bought this story up on a, um, on a previous podcast, but, um, I'm hoping the one story that I've heard about her isn't true because it's just, it's disgusting. 
and I'm, I'm hoping it's just one of those, uh, you know, one of those stories on the, on the dirt sheets. Um, so I hesitate to even bring it up, but I, I have to wonder if you've heard this. Uh, did you did you hear that she once sold her own uh, poop? I heard this. I heard this. Yeah, I don't know how true that is, though. It, I mean, it, if if that's true, that's that. Well, one, that's disgusting. But two, who would want somebody <laughs> else's? You know, that's. Just, I, I don't. I don't understand these fucking people. <laughs> I bid one fifty. No, I bid two hundred. Get out of here. What's the matter with you? Jeez. You really need to reevaluate um, your life if you bet if you're um, if you're bidding on someone else's uh, crap for like a better term. All right. So our next match. <laughs> Kevin Grimes, <laughs> what are we going to do with this guy? <laughs> his, oh, his sweater's still missing. I just, I, I forget, I forget, what what did he call this invitational that he had? The To the Moon match. He, and, um, you know, once again, he had this, like, 80-pound guy, you know, you know, come out. I, I, I don't even have to do um, Indie Spotlight. I can tell you right now who this is. This guy wrestled in MLW. His name was Ariel Dominguez in, in, in MLW. In NXT on the show, they called him Joey Pistachio. Oh, God. What? That's Ugh. just fucking terrible. So Kevin Graham destroys this guy, and then out comes Ridge Holland, and Kevin Graham defeats Ridge Holland by disqualification. You know, and and, and the thing is, Ridge Holland looked really good here, and then he also looked good the, the first time I saw him. Uh, but then, um, then he almost broke uh, Johnny Gargano's neck. So I'm, I was glad to see that. Uh, Cameron Grimes didn't get permanently uh, injured on this occasion, um, and he definitely seemed to have a better outing than he did against uh, Johnny. But uh, ever ever since I ever since that one incident, I've been a little bit nervous about Ridge Holland. So hopefully, hopefully he gets better, and we don't have to deal with that. But having said that, he he looked really good here, and I I appreciated him. Kicking the chest hair off of uh, Kevin Grimes. <laughs> oh my because, what the hell? You know, I, I say this every week, but he's got to wear a shirt in the ring. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's so nauseating. I can't focus on his matches. Okay, so next we had Kushida defeating Tony Nese. I don't care. Uh, no, I mean that was that was done entirely to set up his his takeover match against Velveteen. Then we had Adam Cole defeating Austin Theory. I was actually really surprised that Austin uh, got in as much offense as he did, but he he looked really good against uh, Adam Cole. So uh, big ups to, to Austin Theory because he he opened my eyes on that match for sure. 
And then Caden Carter defeated Zaylee. I have a Casey Kent sort of story to tell you off air. You're gonna be like, what the hell? Yeah, we um she actually went to the same college I did. And then we had the team of Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae defeating Io Shirai and Damian Priest. You know, I, I, and I get it, and I'm not saying that this is a bad match because you're not going to get a bad match out of those four people. Um, but, you know, why does WWE insist on the formula of combining main events of pay-per-views into a tag team match before the pay-per-view? I know, right? That's, like, like, that's, that's, that's like what they did on, um, on SmackDown. They gave us... Jeff Hardy versus AJ Styles versus no, Sami Zayn before the Clash of Champions. And, and it's, I mean, they, they've done it all the time for years, and I, it, that, that formula just doesn't work for me anymore. All right, so that's our review of NXT, and I'm going to send it back over to Ben for Friday Night SmackDown. Ben. Very good, yes. Take a break and sip your juice box with a healthier voice box. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> All right. Are you ready? SmackDown was actually um, a, a much better uh, show this week, in my opinion, um, because because Reigns comes out and kind of explains why um, why he did what he did uh, to um, to Jay at the end of Clash of Champions. You know the match. The match at Clash of Champions was exactly what it needed to be, and I, I really enjoyed the, the storytelling of that match, and I I wasn't really sure where they were going to go um, with, with this uh, promo because they had announced uh, before the show that um, this was kind of, kind of going to be um, the ceremonial crowning of Roman Reigns as the tribal chief of uh, SmackDown and, and the WWE Universe. So I was kind of interested to see where they would go. Um, and um, of a game to play. Take a drink every time someone says, oos. I swear, if I hear that one more time, I'm going to scream. I, I know. I'm, you, you'd be drunk as shit. Oh, jeez. So what the hell? Um, Everything sure is juice box isn't laced or anything. Be, be between Jay Uso and Roman Reigns. Oos. Oos. Why did you do that? Oos. Like, just stop. Yeah, but I, I will I will say I I thoroughly I thoroughly enjoyed Roman Reigns kind of like, no, I like turning, that, it ar- turning it around on Jay and being like, you know, you broke my heart. All you had to do was acknowledge me. Yeah. You know, so I, 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 I don't know I, 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 how they're playing how they're playing this because apparently um, they're gonna have another match at um, 
at uh, Hell in a Cell, and I'm hoping that this one is not in Hell in a Cell because we have, no. I think we have too many uh, Hell in a Cell. No, 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 no. I heard something um, that um, apparently Roman Reigns is going to leave his own stable. Well, I and I hope so, but I'm I'm not sh- I'm not sure if if this is where that storyline goes. Um, but I've I've heard that as well, but I'm just not. I sure think that would, I think that would be cool. Yeah, I do too, but I'm I'm not sure how it would fit into this storyline. Okay. Um, but anyway, um, I was I was really. Oh, hold on, I I, I, I I have the answer for you. Yeah. What if Roman Reigns says to Jay? You know, if you beat me, this is all over. If I beat you, you have to join. You have to join me, and then, uh, he, and then that's how he starts forming his stable. Well, and and that could work too. I I'm just saying, I don't I don't see that being the outcome, but I I <laughs> wouldn't I wouldn't hate that. Um, but I like I said, I really enjoyed um um. Roman Reigns turning it around on Jay and saying, you broke my heart. All you had to do was, was acknowledge me. I was trying to help you. You know, I wanted to give you a payday and if you want another match, it's fine. Um, but I, but I get to, um, I get to name the stipulation. So I think that's, I think the fact that there hasn't been a stipulation, I think that opens the door for the, for the storyline to continue because had this been done differently, you know, uh, like WWE usually does it just to get another, another match at a pay-per-view, I would have um, really had a problem with this because I didn't really see, um, I didn't really see this being like being an ongoing feud. I just thought it would be a one-off to, uh, really um, solidify Reigns' heel run. Um, but given, given how they pulled off the, uh, the storytelling at Clash of Champions, I really don't mind them uh, going again, which really surprised me because under normal circumstances, I would not want uh, this match again, you know, on back-to-back pay-per-view, so... Um, but I, I will give WWE credit here. Um, this is, to me, this is the most compelling storyline on TV right now. And, um, you know, I'm definitely uh, more interested in Reigns than I have ever been. Um, I've always had respect for the, for the guy behind the kick, but I've never been a Roman Reigns guy at all. But I'm very, I'm very fascinated by this new heel version of them, so I'm very excited. Um, and then, so that was uh, one high point. And then the other, the other high point was um, was uh, Alexa Bliss's um, appearance on the, the Kevin Owens show. Okay, how creepy was that? Um, yeah, that but that was like really well done. Um, and the fact that um, that the fiend came out and um, attacked attacked Kevin and, and put the hurt glove in his mouth uh, with the mandible claw, and then he, and then um, 
uh, Alexa officially joined up with with the fiend uh, by taking his hand. I really liked how they um, how they built that up, and uh, and even before the fiend came out, um, you know, just Owen, just Bliss trying to explain to Owens, um, you know, the effect that the fiend has on you. I thought that that was very, um, very well done. Uh, so I am, I am more interested in Alexa Bliss now than I have ever been. And the fact that the fact that um, SmackDown has like three different storylines that I'm very interested in is is a nice, uh, nice change of pace. Um, af- after this, we get. Um, Sasha Banks coming out to cut a to cut a promo on uh, on Bailey, you know, and, and the the promo itself was fine. Um, I just don't know how I feel about um, about her getting a uh, a championship match next week. But then again, I really don't think they had a choice because if you if you recall. I said, you know, that this is, in my opinion, that this is the only match that is worthy of the building of Hell in a Cell. And I didn't want their first match of the feud to be in Hell in a Cell. Um, So while I don't necessarily agree um, with this match next week being a championship match, um... I like I do like the fact that they have a um, that they're gonna have a match before they go into Hell in a Cell. I just I would take the strap out of this match because to me to me the only the only the only match in which the, the title should be on the line is Hell in a Cell. That's uh, just me. I have a question. Um, go ahead. So when. She- Sasha took her neck brace off. So was that all? Doesn't it? Does it look like it was? Is she healed or did it look like it was just a work with her neck? Well, it, it looked to me. It looked to me as if, for storyline purposes, the way she was rubbing it and stuff, um, that the neck brace should have been should have still been on. Um, but then, but then again, how? Because I'm saying again, like, she, we have to ask ourselves. I'm just saying because she took it off so easily, like didn't have any trouble taking the neck brace off. Well, yeah, we yeah, But then, then again, like so, this kind of goes into what I'm saying. So, if, um, so if you're so keen on getting them a match. You know, you kind of have to take the neck brace off yes. because how you know I'm not going to buy it if someone's still still wearing a neck brace. Yeah, you know, while they're walking down the ring to a championship match. So there, there's a lot of there's a lot of the bucking that I would have done differently. Um, but if if the storyline goes to where I want it to go, then. Then I'm I'm like begrudgingly accepting it, even though I think that this this 
should be done differently because the heel turn was masterful uh, by Bailey. It's just that Hell in a Cell should be the end of the feud, not beginning of, of it. That's my only thing. So. Okay. Um, but uh, moving on, uh, there was there was one other uh, portion I wanted to cover, um, and that being um, the main event with uh, Jeff Hardy and Sami Zayn. Now you knew um, that uh, Sami Zayn was going to retain. Um, you know, this was this was a very uh, solid match. All right, so we're we're back, ladies and gentlemen. After after a brief brief technological break, um, but uh, as as I was saying, uh, Jeff Hardy and Sami Zayn had a very solid match in the main event. Um, you know, uh, it was for the Intercontinental Championship, which I understood. But then again, to me, and maybe this is just because I've been watching wrestling for so long, it was very obvious that Sami Zayn was going to retain. However, however, I did like the the storytelling and the consistent teasing with with the turnbuckle that um, that uh, Sami Zayn had taken off uh, earlier in the match. Um, however, um, you know, me being a stickler the way I am for just small little details. I'm wondering why why the ref wasn't trying to put the buckle back on. Now, obviously, that was for storyline purposes, but just in terms of the rule book, I thought the ref should have been trying to put the turnbuckle back on. But that you know, but that's just my only uh, complaint. The fact that Jeff Hardy can still perform the way that he does uh, at his age. Is just absolutely amazing to me. So, and you know, from a from a wrestling perspective, uh, Sami Zayn is one of my favorites on the roster. And coming off of their ladder match, which I thought was the best ladder match in at least a decade on WWE uh, pay per view, uh, which is absolutely fantastic. So it played out exactly the way I thought it should have. So no complaints there. Okay, um, very good. Okay, so Ben, that's our review of Friday Night SmackDown. Are you ready to fire up the DeLorean this week? Absolutely. I'm, I'm very excited for this particular time. And fans, I specifically chose to review this event on this date, October 3rd, 2020. Exactly. So let's fire up the DeLorean and Ben... We are going back to Saturday, October 3rd, 1987. I wasn't even alive. Now, I told you uh, earlier this week to uh, watch this match before we recorded the show, and uh, you said that you watched this, and what you think of this Saturday Spain event? Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was I was very surprised it was only an hour long. But having said that, this show is more entertaining than most shows are today in just an hour. Now, um, see, it, this is the kind of wrestling that uh, that I was watching uh, back then. That they had, that they had back then. Like they, every month, they had a certain mid event. Initially, it was like a it was like a 
I believe, a one-time like special that they decided to turn into a monthly uh, event. Right, and um, yeah, I was um, I was much more emotionally invested in this show than I am uh, most shows uh, nowadays. So I was very impressed with it. Okay, so we're gonna start with the first match, and did you? Okay, this is the one match that you really needed to focus on because, oh my God. Randy Savage versus the Honky Tonk Man. Savage defeating Honky Tonk Man by disqualification to hold on to the Intercontinental Championship. They gave this match 13 minutes, but what you need to focus on was what happened at the end. Ben, tell the fans what happened at the end. So, yes. Um... So Honky, well, first before the end, uh, th throughout the match, Honky Tonk Man was um, was specifically um, teasing about you know going after Elizabeth, and you know it was it was very clear that that, that he wanted Elizabeth, and it was it was very funny how um, Bobby Heenan. Uh, kept saying how how much he could see that Elizabeth wanted him, <laughs> yeah. rather than wanting Randy Savage when it was so when it was so obvious that Liz, Elizabeth was repulsed um, by yeah. by honky tonk. So so Bobby Heenan's commentary just really added something to this match. But um, to uh, to Elio's point, what happened at the end was. Um, the, the Hart Foundation came out and and laid out Randy Savage, and it it was it was constantly being teased that uh, he was gonna that he was gonna hit um, Randy Savage in the head with the guitar while. Um, oh, hold on, how about how about those uh, facials that Hawk Talk Man was uh, doing while yeah, he was yeah. like. <laughs> It was, it was just, I was a little bit confused as to why the guitar shot was so delayed. Uh, it, was trying to, it was trying to measure him. Yeah, but it was like, it, it just seemed a little bit delayed, but maybe that was because of the comedic effect of the facial expressions. Yeah, that's what they were or, trying to get at, like. Yeah, but, but I was, I was very, I was very surprised that, um, that Honky Tonk ended up shoving uh, Elizabeth after she had gotten um, she had gotten between him and Randy in an attempt to protect to protect her man. But um, but I but maybe looking back on it, and I just thought about this now. Maybe I shouldn't have been because because not only not. Not only was Honky Tonk the man, but throughout the match, going back to Bobby Heenan, uh, Bobby Heenan was making very uh, misogynistic comments about women not having a role in wrestling and how, you know, she should have been, you know, in the kitchen making Randy something to eat. So uh, yeah, yeah, that, that was uh, Bobby Heenan back then. Like, he was always, like, making those jokes uh, and again, that was like a different time where, like, I don't think he would have been able to get away with that today. Uh, no, not no, not at all. But, but, but then the reason I bring that up is maybe I shouldn't have been surprised then if they could get away with that. That 
that uh, Randy would, uh, or uh, I'm sorry, that Honky Tonk would shove, um, would shove Elizabeth. So, um, so in terms of in terms of the match, it was it was fine, um, but the the real story is what happened at the end there. So that was that was very compelling stuff. Oh, um, so then, ladies and gentlemen, he, fans, he was just making you wait in anticipation. Yes, yes I was, I was, I was building to a crescendo. <laughs> um, yeah. So a- after all, all of this went down, uh, out comes uh, Hulk Hogan, and we get the the famous and fantastically done, in my opinion. Uh, formation of the Mega Powers. You had to have been there to see it live. I, I was like on my feet. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, if, um, if, I had been, if I had been alive and old enough to understand wrestling at that point, I would have pissed my pants. That was so great. Holy crap. Um, but no, you really, you didn't really think I was gonna forget about that. No, 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 I was just playing along because uh, you got all quiet. I was like, I'm not gonna say, I'm not saying anything. I'm waiting for him to, and then I'm, that's why I said, they show me he's just building suspense. Yes, and I, obviously I wouldn't have forgotten that point because that was the that was the big uh, selling point of of the show. Um, but yeah. just. Just how they put, how they played off of the emotion of what was going on with with, with Elizabeth, and the, the fact that she, like before she got in in the ring to protect Randy, it was like she was looking back, hoping that somebody was going to help help yep. them out. I was I, I was kind of surprised that Hogan didn't come out at that point. Like he came out after after. Um, you know, uh, after Macho got hit. Now, um, after after this, uh, going back to the backstage area, yeah, was that kind of creepy the way they shook hands like that? The, uh, the, the, with holding the faces that Hogan was making. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> like, geez, what's going on? Yeah, that was definitely creepy for sure. <laughs> okay, the second match we had. Hulk Hogan defeating Sika, who is accompanied by Mr. Fuji and Kimchi to retain his uh, World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, and you know what? I had, I'll be honest with you. Um, obviously, I'm very familiar with the Wild Samoans just because of um, just because of being a student of wrestling history. Um, but um, but I had never seen either either one of them in a singles match. So there you go. You got to see Roman Reigns' his father in action. Yeah, um, but the fact that it was he was in a singles match of 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 that high of, of yeah. billing um, was a little bit uh, surprising. And I looked him up because you know this was obviously in October of 1987. And he re- he actually retired from in ring uh, competition in '88. Uh, yeah. Now, um, see, okay, the wild the, the wild Samoans often Sika 
Seekers yeah. the one that uh, got the singles run. So this was uh, so this is uh, what it all led up to uh, him uh, facing Hogan. So he was on a singles run. Now let me let me ask you a question because you would be more familiar with this given the fact that you were alive um, while this was going on. Okay. Um, no, 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 and I, I don't, I don't even mean that in a smart. No, response. go on, no, go on, no, I'm okay. waiting. Go on. Um, was he given the given the the singles run for the purpose of facing Hogan, or was that just part of it? I think everyone uh, that goes on a singles run, I think uh, they're. Their goal is all to uh, eventually uh, face Hogan or for the championship or who or whoever was championship. So I think uh, I think they just like saw more with uh, Sika in a singles uh, as a singles competitor than Alpha. Okay, cool. And then and then um, also another question I have is how was the breakup between the Wild Samoans handled in order to accomplish the singles run? That one I'm not, uh, I'd have to look up because I wasn't really, I didn't really see much of Wild Simone's there a little before, because I was 13 around this time. So they were before, uh, they were before my time. Yeah, because um, it's, it's important It's important to note, ladies and gentlemen, in, in case you didn't catch our very uh, first episode, um, Mr. Canelo was not familiar with uh, professional wrestling or Hulk Hogan until the age of around ten. He was actually uh, this is a this is, I'm not ma- I'm not making fun of him, ladies and gentlemen, but uh, but actually, Elio was in class and people were and <laughs> classmates of his were discussing Hulk Hogan and and my co-host. Turn around and actually utter the question, who's Hulk Hogan? <laughs> which, <laughs> which in, in my book is, is an absolutely blasphemous question. <laughs> I had to, I had to even who I'm Hulk Hogan. Like who was there? Like let's talk about this Hulk Hogan. I mean, Jesus Christ! <laughs> so, so the fact that he that he has been a wrestling fan for as long as he has, but at one point had no idea who Hulk Hogan was. <laughs> like, ladies and gentlemen, that is, that is like somebody in my age group not knowing who Stone Cold Steve Austin is. I mean, to me, that to me, that's just an inconceivable concept. Um, so you know, I just I just wanted to give our our viewers that humorous history lesson. Um, Very good. But I, I figured I figured that this was a nice little start to slide it in there. That was great! Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so moving on, we had in the next match King Kong Bundy with Andre the Giant in his corner. Defeating Paul Orndorff, who had Sir Oliver Humperdinck in his corner, and this match went eight minutes. Yeah, and once again, this was this was a this was a feud that I confess I 
I was not uh, familiar with because this show had, had taken place well before my time. Um, but um, it was for for me as a fan, it was it was fascinating to see um, Andre the Giant join forces with King Kong Bundy, um, because obviously I knew a little bit of of the history between them. Like I said, just from being a uh, a long time students of the game, um, but just not, not being able to see this, uh, to see this happen until you know 33 years after the fact, it was just it was really uh fascinating to see. So, um, I love that now, Paul Orndorff. Okay, <clears throat> this guy is like. The big show, you know, how with the big show, one minute he's a face, one minute he's a heel, one minute he's a face. Okay, you know how, yeah, yep. This was Paul Orndorff. He, I don't know how many times he flipped back and forth between heel and face during uh, this uh period, but this was one of his uh face runs, yes. Well, it, and if you're if you're comparing Paul Orndorff to uh the big show in, the, in that capacity, then I and I, I would um, loathe to imagine the amount of times that Paul Warndorf must have flipped back and forth because if you're putting him in the same sense with Big Show's heel turns and face turns, oh, my God. Yeah, like, because, um, okay, like WrestleMania 1, of course, he was a heel, but then at the end of the, at the, end of the match, uh, Piper or, and Orton... Uh, took off and left him alone in the ring. So he turned face. Then he was face for a year. Then in 86, he teamed up with Hogan on television against Buddy and Stud. And at the end, he turned on Hogan again. He turned on Hogan and he turned heel again. Oh, Lord. Yeah, so... <laughs> yeah, that's like a revolving, be a revolving door. Okay, so um, and in the last match of the evening, it was the Hart Foundation retaining their tag team championships by defeating the Young Stallions, Paul Roma and Jim Powers. Um, and actually, um, I know that this is going to be uh, this is going to be kind of controversial to say. Uh oh. Um. But I was not impressed with this match very much. Oh, okay. I, um, why, why is that? I don't know because I, I think I think to to me it just the Hart Foundation was so far above the Young Stallions that it was it was hard for me to take the match seriously because it was at least to me it was so obvious what was going to happen. And I'll tell you, I've never really been a fan of the Young Stallions. So yeah, yeah, oh yeah, I'm with you. I've never, I didn't enjoy this match too much, but yeah, I was never a fan of the Young Stallions. I mean, and and also the other the other part is, you know, especially looking back at it, I, I'm wondering why this match was the main event because to me. Um, you should have you should have put um, Savage versus the Honky Tonk Man as the main event, especially 
if you're going to have the formation of the mega powers. This is true. You know what? I was thinking, well, the WWF uh, champion should be the main event, but the way you the, the way you uh, said it uh, makes more sense because yeah. Um, you know, it's just because to me, like that was the biggest thing, not only of that show, but like of that, you know, of that year and ma- and many years. I mean that. I mean, the the joining of forces between Hulk Hogan and, and Randy Savage. Yep. Should I mean j- was obviously gigantic. So to me, you know, that's like that's that's like that generation's NWO. I mean, for fuck's sake. You know, so to me, that is blatantly obvious that that should have been banned. All right, so that is our uh, trip back through time with uh, our look at Saturday's main event, episode 12. Ben, would you see that show? Yeah, and um, I got to tell you, I think that that was the most fun I've had in the DeLorean so far. That, that, was, right. that was tremendous. Um, before we uh, do anything else, we should go over NXT TakeOver 31 predictions for the pay-per-view takes place tomorrow night. Absolutely. All right, so let's uh, see what we have here. We have a total of, well, the usual five matches. Uh, we'll, we'll do from bottom to top. Uh, here we go. Our first match, yeah. Santos Escobar defending the Cruiserweight Championship against Isaiah Swerve Scott. Um, you know, and one of the one of the things that that didn't get covered um, because of the high and low approach um, to our reviews is um, during during NXT. Oh, um, the face to face, yeah, and uh, also the Kyle O'Reilly and. Um, Finn Balor, yeah, as well, yes, I know. Well, yeah, ah. yeah. Well, there, there, there's that, and it, well, it, 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 it's all, it's all just victim to our, to, to our format. But we, we didn't forget about any of that. But also, one to, to your point, talking about Santos Escobar versus Isaiah Swerve Scott, there was also a. Promo via satellite between the two. Yeah, of I, said, I, I said that before Finn Balor Calvert Riley. Yeah, yeah, I'm. I was just doubling oh. down. Um, I heard you, and um, and I I thought that that was tremendous because right. I I had never really heard either of these guys speak um, that extensively, and I have to tell you I was very impressed by that promo, especially. Especially uh, Santos Escobar, I thought he came off like an awesome heel. I was very impressed by that. Um, so, so that being said, like I'm, I'm much more excited about this match than I would have been had I not seen that promos. So okay. that was fantastic. So your prediction? Um, Santos Escobar retains. Yeah, I'm going with Santos Escobar on this one. Next, we have Kushida versus the Velveteen Dream, which fans are still upset about seeing him on their screen. Well, and and and, to, and how do you feel about that? Myself, I I don't really care either way. Like, if he's there, he's there. If he's not, he's not. Uh, like, I don't have a problem with it. 
Well, it, but, but my, my thing is this, right? So I've, I've always been a innocent until proven guilty kind of person. And, um, and to me, uh, it, it would seem, I would hope that WWE would have investigated this extremely thoroughly. And I have no reason to believe that they wouldn't. Uh, because I because I don't think that WWE would come within uh, twenty thousand feet of a guy that, who they suspected was a was a child um, predator of any sort. So um, I would I would like to I would like to think that they did their due diligence, and I certainly hope to God that Velveteen Dream didn't do that because from a, from an in ring perspective. He's one of my favorite talents. So, um, you know, hopefully it doesn't come back to bite him where we find out later that he did something because that would that would uh, be terrible on a multitude of levels. Um, okay. But anyway, um, I, I just wanted to add, I just wanted to ask you that because it it is a very controversial um, decision uh, if you go. By Twitter and all of uh, social media, that he's even on this card, which is why we bring it up. So yeah, uh, Kushida versus Velveteen Dream. I would have to say Kushida because I think I think he needs the win more um, because he needs to be built up, uh, c- considering that he's kind of been bitten by the injury bug, mm-hmm. and um, and also he's not. At least to this point, he's not a very good promo because, because as far as I can tell, he can't speak English very well. So his his story really needs to be told in the ring, which is why I think that his uh, that this is a really big opportunity for him, and that he needs to he needs the win for sure. All right, next match we have for the NX. Okay, cool. All right, next match for NXT Championship Finn Balor versus Kyle O'Reilly. Ben, is it time? Yeah, go ahead. No, I said Ben, is it time? For Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, no. No. Okay. All right. Especially, especially with with Finn Balor uh, coming coming. I'm sorry. I thought you were going somewhere else. No, no, no. I, I was I was asking. Is it time for Kyle O'Reilly? Uh, no. Um, I just think that um, I just think that uh, you know, you just pretty much put the put the title on Balor and. Uh, and you know he's he, he's a big name star coming back to the brand, and I think I think NXT is in, tra- in a transitional phase where they need a bigger name to hold the title. And while I'm a massive fan of Kyle O'Reilly, and I love the fact that he's in this position because I think it's gonna skyrocket into a level where he deserves to go, and I can definitely see him being the, the champion in the future. I just don't. I just don't see um, Finn Balor losing the championship in his first defense. I, I just. I don't see that. Okay. 
Yeah, I'm going to go Finn Balor on this one. Our next uh, match for the NXT Women's Championship, Io Shirai versus Candice LeRae. I tell you right now, I'm going Io Shirai. Uh, yeah, to, to me, that's a no-brainer. And in our main event for the NXT North American Championship, Damian Priest versus Johnny Gargano. I'm picking Damian Priest. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think that that's going to be the main event. I think, obviously, the main event would have to be the NXT Championship. Oh, um, no, I just went, uh, yeah, I went to uh, Bond's top when that was the final one. Uh, well, absolutely, but I, I'm just saying, yeah. I, I think it's very obvious that NXT Championship would be the main event. But, oh. um, but um, yeah, I... Um, it's kind of the it's kind of the same approach that I just had with uh, Finn Balor, you know. Io or, or um, Damian Priest really uh, needs to establish himself as a champion, whereas Johnny Gargano is bulletproof regardless of what you do to him, just because of his legacy in NXT. Um, so. Uh, and on top of that, I think Johnny Gargano is one of those guys that's going to be in NXT for a, for a long haul because I don't want him on the main roster at all. And that's a, that's not a slight toward Johnny Gargano. It's actually because I'm such a Johnny Gargano guy um, that I, I just I just want to see him where he's going to be utilized the best. And to me, that is, that is so obvious that the answer is NXT. So um, because of that, I'm going to have to go with Dave's. All right. All right, so that's uh, our predictions for NXT TakeOver 31. Ben, before we close out for the week, I have a list for you. Now, yeah. I have a list that I borrowed from my good friend, The List King on Instagram. And this is from 2016. This is just for fun, so way to close out the show. We have top 50 greatest WrestleMania main events. Now, how many matches you are on your list? How big is your list? Um, I, I had 10. All right, so let's go with the top 10 WrestleMania greatest main events. Okay, um, so going uh, going bottom to top, uh, number 10, I had um, Steve Austin versus Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 14. Okay. Uh, number nine, I had uh, Roman Reigns versus Lesnar with the Seth Rollins cash-in. All right. Uh, number eight, I had WrestleMania 30 triple threat match, Daniel Bryan versus uh, Batista versus Orton for the world title. Um, seven, I had WrestleMania 20, Shawn Michaels, Triple H versus he who must not be named. Okay. Uh, number six, I have Austin versus Rock, WrestleMania 17. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, five, even though technically this wasn't the main event, I had to put this in there via a protest. 
Um, Rock versus Hogan, WrestleMania 18. I had to. Um, uh, number four, or number, yeah, number four, largely based on historical significance. Um, Ultimate Warrior versus Hogan, WrestleMania 6. Uh, even though it's never going to be the greatest match with Ultimate Warrior involved, I just think that what happened in Toronto had to be uh, had to be noted uh, with Intercontinental Title versus WWE Title. Um, you know. So uh, number three, I had Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels from WrestleMania 26. Uh, number two, I had Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels, the Iron Man match from WrestleMania 12. Uh, and number one was Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 25, which is my favorite match of all time. Okay, let me give, let me run down this list for you from 10 to 1, okay? Okay, and, and, and before you do, we should, uh, I should tell the fans that I think Elio is anticipating a rant from me because he told me to get one ready um, before we came on the air, but he didn't want he didn't want to tell me because he wants my rant to be authentic. So there, here we go. All right, number ten, Kurt Angle versus Brock Lesnar from WrestleMania 19. Okay, well that's doable. I I can Randy- understand that. Number nine, Randy Savage versus Ric Flair, WrestleMania 8. Eh, okay. Uh, number eight, Shawn Michaels versus Steve Austin from WrestleMania uh, uh, okay, well, WrestleMania 14. Well, I, I only had that ranked once about above, so I really can't bitch about that. Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar. What? Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar. Okay, well, I have to protest that because any ma- any match that involves the breaking of the streak, and you put that on the top on the top ten best matches. I mean, maybe if you're going historical significance, but Jesus Christ, best best match. Oh my fucking god, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> <laughs> we need to burn this reviewer at the stake for that. Number six, Daniel Bryan versus Batista versus Randy Orton. Um, all right. And once once again, it's a little questionable just in terms of rank, but I I didn't have it too much lower. Okay, number five, Ultimate Warrior versus Hulk Hogan. I'm sorry. I'm, well, what was number five? Ultimate Warrior versus Hulk Hogan. Oh, okay. All right. Number four, Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels. All right. Well, and that's uh, that. That that obviously needs to be a little bit higher, in my opinion. Number three, Hulk Hogan versus The Rock. WrestleMania 18. Okay. Number two is Steve Austin versus The Rock at WrestleMania 17. 
Okay, that's that, that's ranked entirely too high, in in my opinion. And, I'm sorry. and number one, Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant from WrestleMania three. <laughs> okay, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that that's because of the historical significance. I, I that's um, that's what I was thinking because that that, know, that match was not good. Come on. No, because it was it wasn't, which is why which is the only reason why uh, I didn't put it on the list. And I actually. Um, as we just noted, I put a match that technically wasn't the main event that should have been, but it, just in terms of like quality, um, that match should not have been the main event, and I will always stand by that. Um, because especially at that point, I don't think Andre could put it, could put it on. Um, but um, strictly because out of respect and historical significance. I'm okay with that. Now let's look at uh, number 15. Let's go every five, like 15 and 20. Well, every 10, 15 and 25. 15 is Hogan versus Savage, okay? Oh, Jesus Christ. 25 is Undertaker versus Sid from WrestleMania 13. What the fuck is that? <laughs> okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Correct me if I'm wrong, Elio. Um, aren't there 36 WrestleManias? Yep. And you didn't put, and that wasn't put at the very bottom of the list? What the fuck is that? <laughs> Number 30 is Kurt Angle versus Randy Orton versus Rey Mysterio. Okay, well, first of all, first of all, that's a marquee match. That's not a main event, because otherwise that would have been on my list. But you're 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 putting that at number twenty five. Uh, no, yeah, no, sorry, number it was that was number thirty. Uh, well, still, that should not be in your bottom six. You dumb fuck. You didn't even follow your own rules. <laughs> number thirty five is John Cena versus Edge versus The Big Show. Once again, not a main event. <laughs> number four. Oh, you're gonna love number forty. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! There's only thirty-six WrestleManias. How can there be forty main events? <laughs> Just work me. This is stupid. This is number forty. You're not gonna give them a guess. Hulk Hogan versus Vince McMahon. Oh my God! This this guy sucks. This guy absolutely sucks. He doesn't even follow his own rules, and his picks are absolutely terrible. Number forty-five is Triple H versus Roman Reigns, which was one of the worst matches I've ever seen on WrestleMania. Now you're gonna love number fifty and number fifty-one. Number fifty. Uh, wait a minute! Wait a minute! How many did he do? Fifty-one. Oh. Well, okay. Number 50, Triple H versus Booker T. Well, it, well, if if we're going by his rules, then that match should have been ranked higher because that's actually one of my one of my very favorite matches. What Number, the fuck is this guy doing? <laughs> Number 51, Alberto Del Rio versus Jack Swagger. <laughs> No, 
ladies and gentlemen, I would I would like to I would like to make a statement there. So so just stick with me here because I I, I think what I'm about what you're about to hear will speak volumes. <laughs> and, and Elio, make sure you make sure you're watching me so you can understand what I'm doing, okay? This is my response to that. Okay. Well then because because ladies and gentlemen, because he cut the un, the dead air out and I'm not sure if he was describing what I was doing. I took my headphones yeah. off. He did uh, my 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 was having a he was having a conniption fit over this uh, list. Yeah, that, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> Oh, I have a, I have another list that we will probably save that for next week. Um, and yeah, sure. What what uh what list is that? And this is a list of the top managers. The top what? Managers or valets. Okay. Actually, well, we'll, yeah, we'll do that next week. Actually, let me uh, give you the exact uh, title since I have it in front of me. It is the greatest wrestling managers in valets from May of 2016. All right. Well, then, well, then it shouldn't have changed that much. And uh, then uh, there's another one that I have, a third one where that, that describes the worst tag teams, the worst tag team champions. I think it was. I'll have to get that one. Yeah, but, ne but next week, let's do the managers so that yeah, I, actually, no, no, of I course, really yeah. like that list. But. Yeah. So um, with with that being said, and with my silence ringing in Elio's ears, um, we will uh, we will sign off for the week, and uh, we will bid you adieu and uh, and do enjoy NXT 31 tomorrow, and we'll be back uh, next Saturday with our review. All right, fans, we will talk to you all then. Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for. You've been searching in the dark, sweat soaking through the floor. Buried in your bones, there's an ache that you can't ignore Taking your breath, stealing your mind And all that was real is left behind Don't fight it, it's coming for you, running at you It's only this moment, don't care what comes after Your fever dream, can't you see, getting closer Just surrender, cause you feel the feeling taking over It's fine